And we're live. What's up, everybody? I'm here with Amy Rezepka. Hey, Sean. Good to be here. It's <laughs> awesome. So you um, you were the first non-coach Old City person that we hired. What was that all about? First layman. <laughs> what were we thinking? <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty great. I uh, I wormed my way in by, I feel like, asking a ton of questions about Old City and our mission and preparing you for life. Like, what about this? What about that? What are we doing about so, this? So, as a, so you were a CrossFit member, obviously, mm-hmm. and still are. Yeah. <laughs> so, what a, so you connected, it sounds like you connected with the mission pretty, pretty strong. Yeah, preparing you for life, and I love how what we do spans all ages and all abilities. That's pretty cool. So, what did you see? What did you see in that? As you know, just as a as a regular old member, that you really, um, yeah. What did you, you see there? So, I joined the gym uh, after I had my second daughter. Uh, so she was like three and a half months old, and I was time to get back into things and and regain my own personal fitness yeah so uh old city was the closest uh (laughs) gym to my house and i went in and joined having never lifted a barbell really so did you um did you do something similar after the first daughter or because you said um, you joined after your second daughter, so what yeah. what happened after daughter number one? Can we name the daughters? Is that we can? Okay. So daughter number one is Grace. Yes. And daughter number two is Anne. Absolutely, and Grace <sighs> is turning six in just a couple of weeks. What? Which is crazy. That's nuts. So, uh, yeah. So after I had Grace, I was still climbing the corporate ladder mm. and convinced that I could do it all. Got it. Uh, and. Uh, I had my MBA, I was in the corporate world uh, doing HR work and loving it and just scaling the ladder. Yeah. And I was a parent and I was going to do it just the same as it always been. Yeah. And that worked uh, pretty much until I had my second child. Okay. And then it didn't work anymore. (laughs) So... (laughs) So when you so after Grace it was it was focused on on career and it wasn't there wasn't like did you do anything to to get back in fitness were you doing fitness stuff then or was it just sort of kind of what a lot of people do running some yoga you it know, was eating very right. mismatch haphazard yeah. uh, I think try I I think I relied a lot on being previously like in decent shape uh and after having kid one it was pretty easy to get back into that shape would you what what were you doing for fitness um before grace pre-grace pre-grace can you can you remember that far back i know i was gonna say what six Uh, years ago (laughs) not enough i i know that like it it was well, fitness was a little bit of like an afterthought. Yeah, for sure. But it sounds like it was. I mean, it was enough because that's the, it was something to be sure. Because you bounced, you know, you bounced back after Grace, doing you know based on the on the momentum that you had going into the pregnancy. Yep, and I've always been uh, active. Right. So I swam growing up, uh, and uh, 
Then in college, I started getting into triathlons and did triathlons for a little while. And then just kind of did the, you know, bounce around on a, you know, do yoga, go out for a 5K, um, you know, try a Zumba class at work or, you know, whatever. But um, being active and skiing and, you know, all just biking everywhere, like things like that were what was really important to me. Yeah, that's awesome. So you had you had Grace, and then it was you know the the corporate grind is I think you you claimed mm-hmm. it, or I can claim it. The corporate yeah. grind. Um, so what I mean, what does that look like as a as a mom with a kid, and you know you and your husband both work, and how how did that life look? Ultimately, <laughs> what I've realized it looked like. It's yeah. hard to see. I think when, when you're in it, Mm. it, at least it was for me, uh, was I was taking care of everything and everyone except for myself. Oh yeah. So the first things that go, I feel like when you become a parent are you, you're eating your sleep and your fitness. Wow. Yeah. Because you're there to serve, you know, others. But I would imagine you quickly realize that if you're not taking care of yourself, no one else can be taken care of very exactly. well. <laughs> so was it, did it take Anne to make that realization full force or did you start to see it, you know, did you, did you start to see the patterns with, with grace or did it take sort of like a, a slap to the face? Was it a moment or was it an evolution? It was an evolution. Yeah. Uh, I had a lot of health problems after I had Grace, and so I spent a lot of the year after having Grace, when I wasn't pregnant with Anne yet, kind of getting myself uh, physically back. Was that um, pregnancy-related health problems? Yes, delivery-related problems, and I actually had surgery when Grace was four weeks old and had a lot of, yeah, complications, and... So I actually spent a lot of time doing physical therapy and kind of getting my own core back in shape. Yeah. Um, and and then get I got pregnant when Grace was like one and a half. So it I think it didn't really hit me until I was very pregnant with Anne, feeling like I'd pretty much my body had continuously for twenty seven months been going through just a lot of Turbulation. Yeah. Did you did you feel like with did you feel like the complications after pregnancy number one? Did you feel like you ever like got over the hump and got back to feeling normal, or did it just you know? Obviously, I've never been pregnant, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> well we did we did just yeah. come off the off the pelvic floor workshop. We and did, I was, and I was really um, it was really interesting when Claire, the the physical therapist who runs her physical therapy. When she said that, you know, you're, the, the woman's body should go back to pre-pregnancy normalcy. You know, I'm sure there are some things that, you know, that are forever changed. Um, but she made it seem like you should bounce back. Um, that was really interesting to me because I don't think I'd ever heard someone say that. Um, That's a, and that is a bold statement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, I saw, I saw a lot of, a lot of the women in the room, like, look at her like, <laughs> what the? <laughs> Eyebrows raised. Um, but I think it's a good statement because mm. I think just as a society in general, it's finally just getting okay to talk about the pelvic floor yeah. um, and what is pelvic floor health and, 
Uh, so to say something like, yeah, you can 100% get back to where you were, I think catches a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, for me, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, well, I may not ever actually get there, but knowing that it's possible makes me want to really try. And I think, you know, you, you see it in the gym with you know, knee pain or back pain, and it's just like, well, I'm getting older. That's, I guess that's life in my 30s right. <laughs> or, you know, whatever. Like, I'm 40 now, so this is supposed to happen. And so I think the idea of, like, what's supposed to happen and what, you know, what is happening is is kind of two different things. You know, like, what's supposed to happen is you don't have knee pain in your 30s, right? What's supposed to happen is you should be able to bounce back from a pregnancy, you know, assuming, like, crazy complications because, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I can't even imagine what, what happens. But um, what actually happens, people just kind of live with and yep. they don't realize what's possible. So you had grace and you had some complications there and then you never... Like in, in hindsight, did you realize it at the time that you weren't like fully bounced back or fully recovered? Yeah. Okay. And so then you just went ahead and got pregnant again. Yeah. Whatevs. Just, <laughs> let's just get this done and That's over awesome. with. And then let's just recover when it's, <laughs> let's just, let's just do it. Exactly. Was the second pregnancy difficult, more difficult because the, um, because of the complications of the first pregnancy? Um, health wise, not more difficult. Yeah. I think uh, everything, you know, pelvic floor wise and abs wise, and because everything didn't bounce back to 100%, like, yeah, I had more continence issues when I was yeah. pregnant uh, with Anne uh, that I didn't have with Grace. Right. Uh, but I also, it was also less stressful because I'd been through it once and I mm. kind of. So overall, it kind of balanced out. Like, I, I was less str- stressed because I knew that I could do this yeah. and I was going to be okay. Right. Uh, but then there were some of those lingering second pregnancy issues that were a drag. Yeah. Uh, but, again, you just get through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what did your did, – did your – did your approach to the pregnancy change from Grace to Anne? Did it? Did you like change the way that you worked out or the way that you ate or you know like? Did you do anything on round two as kind of a lesson learned from round one? Or? No, probably totally the opposite. Really, I think I ate more carbs and more donuts being pregnant right. with Anne the second time around. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with I didn't have good um, stress management mm. outlets. At place in my life. So this is pre-CrossFit. Right. And this is me continuing to try to do it all and be super mom. So w- during your second pregnancy, you were still super mom in it. Yeah. Not that you're not super mom in it now. Well, it's a different <laughs> way. Exactly. And, and in a better way now. So, well, so going back to the, you mentioned, you know, you sort of mentioned that carbs and donuts and all this stuff is, you, you sort of implied that that's a, a negative thing. Um, did you, I'm, I'm not necessarily sure that's the case. I mean, is, is that just the food that you wanted and that's just what you ate? You just, you were more free and you weren't trying to think about food as much or like how a did. Good question. I think that, well, I definitely, I did not really work out right when I was pregnant with either okay. girl. Yeah. Um, and I think that's because at the time it was kind of off the triathlon thing and just like a regular gym goer. Yeah. And was it more, was the, was 
was that more of a factor of being, you know, super mom and just schedule or was it just at that point in your life, it just wasn't something that was something you did and both. I wasn't prioritizing it and it didn't seem easy to get. And I would imagine that, you know, when you're pregnant, that that's not the time to start a New Year's resolution, right? Like, exactly. That's not the time to go Whole30. And yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I think like doctors say, you know, you can keep doing whatever you've been doing right. uh, because your body's used to that. But I hadn't been doing anything. So right. yeah, there, there I was. <laughs> yeah. And, and, it, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, like, like where this conversation is leading to is you finding CrossFit and all these things. I don't necessarily think, you know... Like, shame on you, Amy. <laughs> no, not at all. And and I think it's one of those things where when you look back, like, you know, you're just, especially as a mom, working full time with a one and a half year old, with a husband, you know, who's also working full time and super busy, you're just in survival mode. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, just getting through the day in one piece and feeling like work is still afloat. Family's still afloat, you know, meaning like kid is alive, husband is, you know, remotely happy, (laughs) um, you know, and so it's just easy to get into routines. For sure. And like family aside, I mean, I think the the routine of a family pushes you into more routine, Mm -hmm. but you get into routines in life, you know, like I remember I would, I I would coach until late, like the first few years that the gym was open, I would coach until I was late. I would come home, I'd have a beer or two or, you know, six. Right. Before you know it, it's like, come home, have a six pack as your routine or come home, bottle of wine as your routine. And then it takes a few months, maybe weeks, days. It takes a few days of that to realize like, holy cow, this is how did how did I get to this point? Yep. You know, now now my dinner is a bag of chips, a can of salsa, and a six pack, and I'm doing this every night. Like that's not a healthy routine, <laughs> right? That's not a good routine. Absolutely. And, and you, for the pregnant mom, you know, it's like collapse on the couch, turn on the TV, look for some comfort food, right? And and that's that's what was happening. So I think that's yeah. very similar. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes story. it takes a little bit of perspective. It takes some. Um, Jocko Willink talks about um, detachment. Like he's a he's a Navy SEAL warfighter, and he just talks about this idea that you know when the battle is happening, sometimes all you need to do is take one step back, and you can see the whole battle, and you're not just looking down the barrel of your gun, but you're seeing everything that's happening, and then the answer becomes immediately obvious. And I was not good at doing that. Yeah, that was not happening. I think. I think no one is good at doing that. Like, I think we all just live the life like day to day. And then we look back and we're like, what the hell was I thinking? Hindsight, man. Exactly. Right. Which is probably a great transition for me and my story to like, well, how did I, you know, how did I change? Like what, you know, I'm different today in terms of like my fitness and my routines and my health overall. Right. And uh, it's like, how did I emerge from that, like, barrel of the shotgun? Yeah. Yeah. So what was the first... Um, so you sort of mentioned that that you were... That after Anne, you... It was a slow realization probably during the pregnancy and then certainly after the pregnancy when uh, when things get more real. Right. Um, <laughs> that you, you realized that you were taking care of everyone else and not taking care of yourself. So what was the... What what was the thing that you did when you made that realization? You know, like when you connected all the dots, was there was there a, a definitive action or was it like 
a, you know, you eased into it and you eased out of it, or did you ease into it, realize it, and then just pull the ripcord? And- as exciting as it sounds <laughs> to pull the ripcord, it was a slow, brutal journey, probably. Yeah. Um, and I think for me as a parent, it's really been about figuring out for myself what is going to bring like make me content for sure. in my life sure and uh, i have worked really hard to adjust like what i think that um, aspiration should be or what success looks like yeah so for me after having Anne, i think a lot of it was that i just said you know well i can't parent less Right. So that needs to maintain. Um, and what I can do is I need to not hit it as hard at work. Yeah. Uh, so because it's just what I'm doing is I'm giving up myself at that point mm-hmm. uh, to the corporation. Right. Uh, so I actually started leaving a little bit earlier. And that was when I would hit like the 430 uh, class at the gym, uh, and I would I fit in that time for myself. Yeah. Uh, before the end of the workday, when I became a parent right. again. Yeah. So you um, so you would you would do the work thing. You just made a conscious decision to prioritize um, your health and yourself over a career. Yeah, I mean, any job, any corporation is going to continually push you to perform more and produce more. Yeah, there's no stopping point. Was the was the was the corporation was the evil corporation? I mean, was that a conversation you had with them, or was it just a mental switch and you just started doing things that you knew weren't going to advance your career, but were definitely going to advance yourself? Or was it like, hey, boss, here's the deal? (laughs) A little bit of both. Okay. Uh, and I was really fortunate to have, uh, a great, great manager at work. And, uh, she eventually left to go work for a different company. But when she was my manager, she just did a great job of questioning me and saying, you know, what is it that, that really motivates you? And what is it that makes you, you know, happy at work? And why are you here? Mm. Uh, and, uh, I think ultimately she helped me realize that this getting to the top that I talked about earlier and had always envisioned, you know, you get your MBA and you go into the corporate world and you're going to ascend the ladder and I'm going to be a VP and all this Mm -hmm. stuff um, wasn't really, wasn't bringing me that contentment or happiness or that pursuit wasn't filling up your cup. Nope. And, and she kind of helped you realize that. Absolutely. I think that's a really important point because I don't think necessarily this conversation is about like moms out there, stay at home with your kids, be a better mom. I think the conversation, at least what I'm hearing and what I personally, what I believe is it's about filling up your cup so that you can fill up others cups. If your cup is empty, then you're not a service to anybody. And so figuring out what it is that you want so that you can be a better mom, be a better wife, be a better person in the community. Be even even if you don't have a family. Like I I went through this exact same not this exact same struggle. Like <laughs> 
single Sean with all his problems. Not single, Juliana. Not single. Single, single no Not kids. Not anymore. <laughs> but I, I went through this sort of with the gym, you know, like the gym started to suck my life out of everything. I mean, when I was, when I was in the Navy and on the submarine, my life was like, I, I was doing so much cool things, so many cool things. And I, I was at the busiest I've ever been in my life. You know, I was growing basil hydroponically. I was brewing beer. I was cooking through every Good Eats episode. I was just, man. that's what I'm talking about. And it's crazy. And I look back at, at who I was then and I'm, I'm envious of that, of that kid because not only was I working harder than I've ever worked, but I was also like super interesting and kind of cool. And then uh, I started the gym and it consumed everything. And then it, it, that's all it was. And then there was nothing. And I remember I was talking to somebody and, and they were, they were saying, okay, so what do you like to do? And I was like, uh, that's a really good question. (laughs) And I started saying things that I'm supposed to like to do, you know, like, oh, I like, I like, I don't know, going to museums, (laughs) but really those are just more chores, you know, or I like, you know, I, I do like playing golf, but I was trying to play more golf because I, because I needed I thought I needed to. And then, um, like she challenged me just to, to think deeper and think about what it is that actually fills up your cup and what actually makes you happy and how it's super important to carve out time for yourself. Because if you don't, then eventually you're going to run out of gas. And when you run out of gas, everything falls apart. Everything, your relationships, your gym, your life, like everything falls apart. And so I joined a Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym, which was really cool. And, you know, I was like, I can't join another gym. I own a gym. That's not, you know, whatever. Yeah. But then I started thinking, like, no, I need to, I need to do something that's with my body, that's removed from CrossFit mm-hmm. so that I can, you know, fill up my own cup or whatever. And I wanted to do something that I would be a total newbie at. And I was like, oh, I could get back into swimming. Maybe I should do triathlons. But then the thought of climbing back into fitness, like the thought of going back, like climbing the same ladders that I've already climbed was so, so reprehensible to me. I couldn't even imagine it. Then you're not going to be successful doing that. Exactly. So So I wanted to be a total newbie. (laughs) And I just, I like, I went, I signed up, signed up for a year. I just went all in and, uh, and now I've been doing it for a few months and it's incredible. And I, I wake up, I get excited. I go in the mornings, I come home, I'm, you know, and I've found my productivity goes through the roof. My like focus in the gym is, is astronomical. My relationships are better. Like everything about me is better when I'm focused on myself a little bit. And I think for a lot of people, you're, well, you're lucky that it, you have realized this now. Right. I think for a lot of us, we don't necessarily realize that until we're much further down the road in terms of parenting and, you know, th- that's all stuff that I didn't come to see or yeah. understand until after I had two kids. Right. Uh, so, y- yeah, you're you're ahead of the game here. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm ahead of the game. I don't, I don't feel like I'm ahead, <laughs> ahead of any game. No, but it's great. I think, and that's the thing, is the busier you get and just like work is always going to, there's always more work to do. Right. And there's always, you know, more parenting to be done. And if you don't take that time to say to yourself, like, what is it? Am I, you know, is my, what is filling my cup? Right. Um, for me, I think I needed to find something that was mission driven. Really? So, um, 
so when you so you found you found CrossFit. You started CrossFit when you were still doing the the nine to four thirty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and then you started you started working out. And then what what was the catalyst for? Like, why CrossFit? Why Old City CrossFit? You said you were looking for something that was mission-driven. So is that, like, in your personal life, or is mm-hmm. that one of the reasons why you started working with us? Like, walk me through I think process. it all. I think it all interrelates. Uh, Old City, from the moment I walked, I was petrified. Yeah. Petrified. Uh, and uh, as much as I felt like I stuck out like a sore thumb... Uh, it really was a very welcoming yeah. environment. What were you afraid of? Like, what, what was causing the petrification? I was convinced <laughs> that everyone would know I was a fraud Yeah. at the gym. Did you feel like a fraud? I didn't know how to lift a barbell. So that made you feel like a fraud? Yeah. Really? Uh, Interesting. So I but think, you weren't pretending like you knew how to lift the barbell. No, not at all. I that would have made you a fraud. That's that's <laughs> a totally fair point. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I spent the next two years learning how to do a squat properly. Yeah. And uh, it was to, kind of to your point with like the Brazilian jiu-jitsu. How do you say that? Jiu-jitsu. Okay. Yeah. I'll leave it with you. <laughs> um, which is awesome. You're... For me, that was my CrossFit. Right. Entirely new. A hundred percent. And CrossFit, was CrossFit was CrossFit was that that same thing to me when I found mm-hmm. it. You know, like exactly the same thing. It was like I couldn't I couldn't eat enough. I couldn't consume enough. I couldn't watch enough videos. Like that's like it was it was everything. It was life. <laughs> <laughs> so when you started, it 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 was the thing that was filling your cup. It was something for me. Yeah. And it was, I was, you know, sore and tired. And I think even remembering, you know, what it is to be physically tired Mm. as an adult who sits most of the day. I mean, that is such a great feeling Yeah. uh, to finish your day and realize that you are physically tired. As opposed to, I would imagine, the emotional drain of, you know, working, family, kiddos, pregnancies. You're That's just, a whole different kind of tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine. Um, so, yeah. So, it was It was just, it was the right thing for me, I think, at the right time. Yeah. And it allowed me to focus on my own personal health in yeah. a way that I hadn't for several years. And what was, what was the biggest thing that you realized through, you know, through starting to focus on yourself? What was, what did you realize the biggest thing was missing? You know, like, was it, did, did, did you start to notice, you know, nutrition? Was it just this concept of, oh, I need to work my body to get stronger because I'm sedentary a lot of the day. Um, was it some sort of mindfulness component? Like what, what about it? Was there a I need accountability hmm. and I need to be coached. Yeah. Uh, I'm the type of person who will walk when I'm running until somebody rounds the corner, at which point I start sprinting. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I've been running this fast, you know, this whole time. I, uh, think, I think that's a swimmer thing. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if that's like a QED theory type proof. Right. But... I am identical. I'm a, 
like I remember, and I'm sure you're the same way. Did you ever have to make up practices, like go to the pool when the team wasn't there and the coach would write a practice down and you had to make it up? Yes. Yeah. How much of that practice did you do? <laughs> like I mean, unless the coach was standing right. there watching me the entire time. It's ridiculous. No, I, I, total fail. Yeah, totally, totally. Even if the coach is standing there the entire time, I'm still like easing up on. Anyway, it's hundred percent. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. And, and you found that accountability. You found that a similar accountability as, as you might have had in swimming through CrossFit. Just you show up for the class. The coach is there, the community, the people are there. Mm-hmm. You feel like a fraud. <laughs> yep. I'm self-selecting into the new area. They're like, if you've been here for three months or less, you can come over. We're going to go through the movements. And I'm like, yep, I've been here for a year and a half. <laughs> I'm still coming to the three month or less, yeah. you know, but... For me, again, it was that learning, um, learning technique and proper function, um, everything. It was a whole new language. Yeah. Uh, And it was fun, and it was something different, and it was just for me. That's awesome. When I was there. Chance to be selfish. Yeah, which was awesome. And I think that, you know, just over time, I started to realize that, you know, and I think, too, like, this is going to sound really funny, but as a parent, like, I don't, I don't like babies. Um, they're not my favorite. Yeah. Uh, babies need constant nurturing and love. Yeah. And personally, I was like, you know what? Anybody can kind of provide that. Yeah. Um, but as my children have gotten older, they really need parenting. Mm. And that is different than nurturing. Interesting. And that is where I really felt a pull of this is my responsibility. This is where I come in. No one else other than my amazing husband, Justin, (laughs) can do this part of, you know, the equation of raising kids. And uh, it just became very important that for us personally, um, with my husband, having a very busy career as well. Yeah. Just that somebody needed to be more flexible and and present for the kids. Yeah. Nurturing versus parenting. I never thought about that. What age ballpark does it does that light switch? Or at least did it switch for your kids? It's between three and four. Yeah. So is the difference just like that's when disciplining starts and that's when, you know, like teaching them morality or <laughs> it, <laughs> like it's, whatever? It's totally like the values, the decision making, uh, you know, yeah. the right decision is not always the easiest decision. It's like you're passing on your knowledge to your kids and you're instilling values in them. And that, that was point. something I wanted to be doing. Yeah. Um, and, and have some control over Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and not just society. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that makes, that makes a lot of sense because I, again, I would imagine, cause I don't have kids. Um, I would imagine in DC there, you know, there's so many parents, there's so many families, there's so many kids, there's so, there's so much pull in so many directions that it would be easy to, to let, and not that it's necessarily bad, but let other 
other values take hold and then you start to lose and grip. It's of out of necessity. You've of got course. two working parents, you know, and you need childcare and, you know, it's so hard to find childcare and daycare and nannies and, yeah. and then school starts and, you know, they're in school all day and then they can do aftercare. And, right. um, so yeah, I think it's for so many parents, it's not a choice. Yeah. Oh, for um, sure. For sure. But yes. what happens is, is, you, you know, as a parent, then you don't have the time to focus on yourself, like we talked yeah. about earlier. Yeah. So I, I got selfish with, with CrossFit and the gym and taking care of myself. Sure. And then realized, oh, I also need to take care of these kids. Yeah. And so when you, when, you, yeah. when you made the decision to start to be more focused on yourself, so when you made that decision to be selfish for an hour a day. That's which, right. Which is... <laughs> Maybe, let's not selfish is it's the right word, but it, it carries a negative connotation. It's amazing the amount of guilt as a mom. Really, you can feel from that. Yeah, so let's call it let's let's change the word because selfish is too negative. It's yeah. too harsh. It's it's empowering yourself. Mm-hmm. Self empowerment hour. Yeah. So when you started giving yourself a self empowerment hour, <laughs> um, I like that. Yeah. What did you? Um, I guess so. You the first the first realization is that you weren't taking care of yourself. So then you started to take care of yourself. So you started leaving work a little early. You started doing CrossFit. Um, what what changed in your life? What did you notice in your life? And how did that how did that happen? So you mentioned that you started to notice that um, you know you wanted to reprioritize your kids and you you know the difference between nurturing and parenting and you noticed that was that the first thing was that sort of like the the next big catalyst or was there something in between or you know I'm I'm fascinated by this <clears throat> here's the here's the question okay so you're sort of stuck in the rat race mm-hmm. right and you broke out of the rat race i want to know everything involved in how you made that transition because I'm sure there's so many parents, so many people out there who see similar things. And I get this all the time with the gym, you know, like I was in the nine to five, you know, corporate rat rat race, hating my job. And now I'm doing a job that I'm like literally so fired up and excited to do every single day. And I get questions all the time. Like, how do I do that? And I, Maybe I have an answer. Maybe I don't. I, I don't know. Yeah. I want to know your answer. I think for me <laughs> personally, I was, I, for me, I had to have passion around something. Yeah. Uh, and for me, I think that professionally very much became the opportunity to help grow family programming with right. Old City. Which is the job that you sort of um, evolved into. Mm-hmm. And well, we sort of, we hired you initially for that. And then, (laughs) and then I was a general contractor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, basically like the day after we hired Amy, she was Amy, we brought Amy on to help us with our swim program. And we were doing CrossFit Kids at the time. And that her role was going to be to really help with those programs. And that was basically the day that we signed the lease for the new gym at, at 1007. And we're like, so Amy, all these things that you were passion driven and wanted to do, how about you don't do those and you um, build the gym? Because we can't really do any of these <laughs> things until we have the gym. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and that's where, again, like people, I wouldn't have been willing to go down that path of helping, you know, get 1007 open. Yeah. Uh, if I wasn't passionate about our mission. Yeah. And so we've, we've loosely talked about the old city mission, um, a little bit, but 
It's preparing you for life. Absolutely. Which is the name of this podcast. <sighs> oh, my goodness. Incredible. This should have been our first podcast. <laughs> um, what does the mission mean to you? For me, personally, I think it's, it's very similar to what I've heard other people say. And I think what I've heard you say. And, and that's that, you know, being a part of CrossFit has allowed me uh, to do everything else a little bit better in my life yeah. uh, than it would be without CrossFit originally. Uh, so, you know, if I have my self-empowerment hour, yeah. I'm a better parent. I'm more motivated to cook a healthy dinner. Yeah. Uh, good propels good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm talking about Jocko Willink a lot recently because I literally have, uh, I just finished his, his second book called Discipline Equals Freedom. And he talks about the path. The path is, is, think of the path as like all the things that you do in your life to make your future life better. And getting off the path makes your immediate life better, right? Like staying on the path is walking past the donuts. Getting off the path is eating the donuts. Staying on the path is working out in the morning at 4.30 when you wake up and, you know, whatever. And he's like, good fuels good. The path fuels the path. He's like, he's like a lot of research shows that, that self-discipline is a is like an energy tank that, that depletes throughout the course of the day. So you can look at a cookie first thing in the morning – but then when you come home at night, that cookie looks so much better and you're more tempted to eat the cookie. And I guess while that might be true, what you're saying and what I believe as well is the more you stay on the path, the more you want to stay on the path. Absolutely. Right? And so if you have that cookie at lunch, you're like, well, screw it. I had the cookie at lunch. Might as well have this bottle of wine for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that's very true. I mean, I yeah. I think I'd be interested on what his philosophy is about deviation periodically. Uh, yeah, he, 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 I can tell you. I can tell you his <laughs> philosophy. He, go, uh, he does Q&A on Twitter, which are hilarious. <laughs> and um, somebody said, yeah, somebody said, uh, Jocko, do you eat dessert? <laughs> and he goes, very occasionally after extreme brutal exercise. <laughs> Uh, and I don't know if I personally agree with that. Yeah, and it's I mean, a lot of his a lot of his philosophy is I don't know, I'm I'm sure I'm sure it's true and genuine and yeah. he's but he's also developed this character. Yes. He's kind of like this this funny, you know, like his his Instagram is literally a picture of him at 4:30 every morning when he wakes up and he's like there was one picture at like 4:38 and the caption was late start. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a very disciplined man. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. discipline equals freedom. And I, yeah. you know, and I think a lot of people read that book or look at Jocko and they're like, well, I could never do that. I kind well, of feel that way. Of course. Yeah. But, <laughs> and I'm the, I'm the exact same way, but it's, it's, it's what I, what I take out of it is, could I be one tenth better? Yes. Could I be one fifth better than I am now? Can I be better? Can I be more disciplined than I am now? Yep. Absolutely. And that was kind of my motivation for, or one of the components of my motivation for joining the jujitsu gym. I was like, ah, oh, well, the only class I can really make it to is 7 a.m. That means I'm going to have to wake up at 6.15. And, but then it was like, well, good, right? Good. The, be disciplined. Wake up at, like, force yourself to wake up. It's not like the first time in my life I've ever had to wake up early. I just got super lazy. 
And then I started thinking about how the more like the more struggle there is in the day, not struggle, you know, like, I don't know, like waking up early. Good. Let's do this. Let's work out. Good. Let's do this. Let's, let's eat healthy. Good. And it's each time I see an obstacle, it, it makes me more excited to do that obstacle because I see that challenge as a, as another opportunity to improve myself where before the concept of discipline, equal freedom, it was happiness equals happiness. And so Hey, there's cake in the fridge. Let's have that for breakfast. Right. <laughs> and then how good do you feel about that afterwards? Exactly. Exactly. You feel like garbage. How do we start talking about that? Uh, that could very quickly <laughs> go to the opioid crisis, addiction. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I've I've been playing around with like with intermittent fasting and just trying to be a healthier person. I take I, I try to take cold showers in the morning and I just try to do things that are uncomfortable for the sake of being uncomfortable. Because if you can, if you can, if you can accomplish those things, then everything else in life falls into place, right? If you can wake up in the morning and go face like face forward to a cold shower, then answering emails are let, are are a whole lot easier. You know, it's like oh, I just did that. The the SEAL admiral who talked about uh, wait, make your bed first thing in the morning. You know, like take control over things in your life that you can take control over, and then things that you can't take control over will feel more in control. Yes, like as a parent, you can do as much as in your control the night before school starts. Uh, when Grace to, doesn't want to put on her shoes. Yeah, I mean, lay the clothes out, get the shoes, get the backpacks, make sure you emptied out the folders, look at the weather so you have all the right gear out. Uh, yeah. But yeah, then, then the human element comes in. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's great. I think as a parent... I have actually relinquished a lot of control. Was that um, was that pre self empowerment hour, or post, or as as the transition? That is all over the transition of becoming a parent. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's a really good um, it's a really good uh, lesson. The the idea of just letting go of control. Um, and th- recognizing, to your point, the things that you can control, like making yeah. your bed in the morning. Yeah. Uh, and then the things you can't necessarily control. I did a I did a podcast with Katie, our yoga coach and CrossFit coach, and Love a Katie. wonderful human. She's amazing. She's great. Um, the whole conversation was about meditation, and not the whole conversation, but the idea of like noticing and taking control of what you can control, and not letting things, future things affect your current state, you know? So if you're, if you're in a traffic jam, there's no sense in being upset about the traffic jam because that's the new reality, right? You can't control the traffic jam. What can you control? You can control your actions because of the traffic jam. And let's say that you're, you know, late on a flight or whatever. There's no sense in sitting there and like clenching and worrying and wondering about your connection. Like you're going to get to the connection when you can get to the connection. Like what can you control? You can control how fast you run when that gate opens. So start doing some breathing, get some oxygen in your system, start doing some stretching, get ready to sprint, that sort of thing. And then start getting excited about the opportunity to act when it's time to act. Absolutely. And so much of that is, you know, I don't know. I, I, I react really positively to that because I, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So becoming a parent was a lesson in, or one of the things that you learned when, when Grace came around is the idea that, you know, control what you can control and let go what you can't. Otherwise you're going to drive yourself crazy. And I worked on it with Grace. Yeah. 
And then having my second child, Anne, forced it. Like, to actually yeah. manifest itself all the way. There was no more control. No, not at all. None. Uh, but it's been wonderful. Uh, I think as a recovering perfectionist and, you know, high achiever and things like that, again, everything we've talked about today, it just kind of came back to, like, what fills my cup. Yeah. Uh, and reevaluating what I think fills my cup. Yeah. Uh, so that journey, I personally don't think I would have ever gone on if I didn't become a parent to two girls, like yeah. two kids. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the second kid totally put me over the edge yeah. and uh, made me think about just like everything we've been talking about. Like, mm-hmm. what was that catalyst yeah. for, you know, pulling the, the ripcord from you know, what I had always thought was going to be my path to success of the corporate ladder. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and I would imagine that you yeah. spend, you spend your whole life preparing, you know, for, you know, for corporate, you go to school, you do this and you get your MBA and all of this focus is on career because sure. And it's what, it's what you're told. It's what society tells you fills your cup. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's, there's different cups, you know, like Mm -hmm. to say the gym doesn't fill my cup is, is crazy. But if all I'm doing is focused on the gym, then I get drained and I just run out. And then it's, you know, then I start hating the fact that I have to go and coach a class and I start resenting putting on, you know, the coaches get up and like, I start to develop an animosity towards it. But when every, when my life is more in balance, when it's not all a hundred percent gym, when my life is in balance and I get excited, I get so amped up and I show up to class and you can tell a difference, right? Like I guarantee you, I guarantee you there's, there's members of the gym who be like, man, Sean's, Sean's on fire right now. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I'm like, man, looks tired. Off day. <laughs> Off day, right? Yeah. And I'm sure you have those days as a parent. I'm sure everyone has those days as a human. And I think the self-empowerment hour, the concept of filling up your cup is about making more days like that, like turning, turning on more, more days, like having those, you know, that energy, that passion, that, you know, not making it something that you stumble across, but making something that you intentionally culture. Yeah. And so, you know, I think too, when you ask that question of like, what was it, you know, everyone is like, I want to get out of the corporate grind. Yeah. You know, we talked about how, for me, it was the mission. And then I think, too, it's just really questioning everything in, you know, do we need to be spending all this money on this? You know, like, does the paycheck, you know, what is it that matters? What do we need? And is it, again, like what society is telling us, like more, bigger, bigger house. Yeah you know, nicer, newer car, all that stuff. And, and for me personally, that's not, that's not what makes me happy. Yeah. And that's, that is, so I was sort of talking about a lot of people asking me like what it takes to take the leap. And it's a significant reprioritization. Money, money is not literally money is not everything. You need enough because when you don't have enough life sucks, but at some point you have enough. And that point is probably a lot lower than a lot of people think. I mean, I probably, 
probably gave myself a 50% pay cut from when I got out of the government to when I started the gym. And it didn't really change my life that much. You know, I went from drinking, you know, dogfish head to PBR, (laughs) which is (laughs) kind of good. And it's that idea. I started thinking about like when Aaron and I were, were looking at opening the gym, one of the things I started thinking about was the worst case scenario. Like how could this go terribly awry? And, you know, it's, you invest all this money, you take all this time and you take this big risk and you do it and you fall on your face and everything fails. I was like, well, a year later, I'm back in a job I hate with a little less money. And to me, it's the difference between, you know, let's say I lose all my money when I'm, when I'm 50. All right. I can still earn some of it back. And it would be the difference in like retiring and eating Ruth Chris every night or retiring and eating Outback every night. You know, you're still eating steaks. Does it really matter where they come from? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Ruth Chris is really good. Yeah. If you want to take me out, I'll go, <laughs> but I'm not taking you there. <laughs> and it, I think reprioritizing um, the importance of money and figuring out where you sit on that. Because for me, the quality of life with less money is significant, right? I have friends who come into town and it's like a, a Wednesday afternoon. I can just go hang out with them, right? And I don't have to request time off and you know do all these things. I can just go. Yeah. Um, and I would imagine the flexibility of being kind of off the off the grind, so to speak, as a parent is is pretty extreme as well. It's huge. I used to hate snow days. How awful does that sound? I don't think that sounds awful, honestly. I mean, that's... I hated <laughs> snow days because it was the most stressful day. Yeah. It was, you know, all of a sudden both kids are home, you know, there's no daycare, there's no nanny coming, and, at, you know, with my job, at least in the corporate world, they're like, okay, great. Everything continues as planned. Yeah, work at home. That doesn't sound terrible. I mean, that's a, that's a reasonable thing. Like now you're, you have to be mom and you still have to be employee. And that's hard. And that's super hard. I, you know, instead it's like, no, like it's a snow day. Right. Let's go outside. Let's go in the snow. Like, let's yeah. go have some fun. Exactly. And, and it's that flexibility, um, that I have now, like, yeah, I can still get my work done and I might have a call, you know, but it's not all day back to back. Yeah. Um, so I can be excited about snow days now with my kids and we can have pancakes for breakfast and, uh, Instead of, you know, me needing to be super stressed out about how I'm going to be a mom and a parent and a professional and just throw the TV on all day for my kids, you know, that didn't, that wasn't, I don't know. I'm glad I like snow days again. Yeah. No, I I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I think, I think, I mean, there's only so many hours in a day, right? You can only be so much. I don't care if you're the most productive, like rock star human on the planet, you know, there's only so much you can do. I'm sure you were able to balance as many things as you could balance when you were, you know, corporate mom, wife, you know, all the things that, that you were when you were working, you know, the, the, the corporate job. But still, some things are falling short. You know, maybe it's maybe it's your relationships. Maybe it's Maybe it's the parenting a little bit. Maybe it's the work a little bit. I mean, you can only you can only balance so many plates. And the control piece. Oh yeah. Any time one of those plates 
slips or falls, somebody has a fever, you need a doctor's appointment. Right. Oh, it's another, you know, D.C. public schools. It averages out to a four-day school week during the year. Like, all of these things, as soon as something yeah. goes awry, the nanny's sick, her car broke down. I mean, what? Up? there's an infinite number of things. Well, because you, your life doesn't have the flexibility. Exactly. Right? When you're firing on all cylinders, you need all cylinders. So right? stressful. Yeah. Yeah, I I think the slow life is is where we all need to go. And I you know, I think too, it's we live in an area of the country where people are highly educated and people work super hard and you know, society today in general is super fast-paced. Um yeah. and I feel really fortunate that for my family, I've been able to slow things down. That's good. A little bit. Yeah. And I think it's really important for stress and for, you know, everything. There's a there's a comedian, Owen Benjamin, who has a bit about how the Amish weren't all wrong. They were just wrong and when they decided to be Amish. Exactly. <laughs> it's like it's like I like <laughs> Wait, electricity. A few more years. That's right. I like electricity. <laughs> I like my car. And he's like, you know what? But the idea of of needing to recognize when technology takes over and when technology becomes bad is a good idea. And he's like, I'm not going to be a, whatever, 1850 Amish. I'm going to be a 2012 Amish. He's like, the iPhone 5 is perfect. <laughs> That's all I need. I don't need the iPhone 10. I need the iPhone 5. That's it. So I'm going to be a 2012 Amish. And then he starts going on about all the great things that, you know, like that's basically where technology hit its hit its peak and it was all downhill from there. And it's, it's the apex. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> but I think th- I, that idea super resonates with me because I, you know, like it's so easy to just be on your phone and, you know, your wife comes home and you're in the middle of a game and it's like, oh, got to finish this game. My wife will be there tomorrow. <laughs> and then, you you know, you get in it and then, you know, you watch TV and then you realize like... Three months later, you haven't had a conversation, you know, not, not that that's me, but I could imagine a scenario Never. where that, where that would happen. Um, and it, when you slow things down, you live, you, you see more things. You start to enjoy the snow days. I think that's super important. How have you slowed things down in your life? Is it just making that leap and giving yourself a self-empowerment hour or have you done like more intentional things? I, so this year, one of the things that I'm really focusing on is prioritization. Yeah of what I'm doing and when. Yeah. Uh, I would prefer to live my life just kind of flitting about to whatever bright, shiny object I oh, see. Uh, <laughs> however, <laughs> considering all the hats I wear and all the different things that not only, you know, do I have to do them, but I want to do them. Yeah. Uh, so being more deliberate Mm. Uh, about what I do and when I do it um, is is something that I'm really focusing is, on. Does being more deliberate for you mean like saying no to more things and like absolutely and protecting you know protecting your time and protecting the priorities? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that gets back to you know when I was talking about the corporate world or the business, any bit you know, it's. There's always more that it's going to try to suck out of you. Mm. There's always, whether you're working for a nonprofit or whether you're volunteering at school or whether you work for a Fortune 100 company, like, people are always going to be trying to get more out of you. And learning how to say no is important. It is. And that is uh, a work in progress for myself. What, what, like... 
how do you know when to say no, you know, or mm-hmm. where are you currently at in your, in your progress of learning to say no? Like, is it, is it based on your priorities? Is it based on, you know, just what you feel like that day? Like, how do you, how do you know when a no's a no and when's a yes, yes? I think that if I focus on my important buckets uh, or cups yeah. for to keep with the theme here. Yeah. Uh, Don't switch analogies. You're going to make people crazy. <laughs> it's a bucket now. I got to fill up a bucket. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, you know, for me, it's um, you know, wife, parent, uh, professional, volunteer, friend. Yeah. Uh, and I. This is part of the, you know, recovering perfectionist. Like it all, it's amazing how it all ties together. Yeah. Um, part of saying no is letting people down. Or you. Or I perceive it as yeah. letting people down. Right. Like I don't want people to not like me. Right. I like to be liked. For sure. I think everybody <laughs> likes to be liked. Um, but it sounds like you've realized that that's a projection you put on them, not necessarily the reality. hundred percent. Yeah. The, a similar concept changed my life, right? This, someone introduced me to the idea that I am responsible for my feelings. You cannot make me feel anything. I choose to feel what I feel. Yeah. And that's not on you. Like you can be mean to me and I can feel offended that's okay, yeah. but I choose to feel offended. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the same a, thing as the traffic jam. Right. You're choosing yeah. how you react to something. And that literally changed my mind. Yeah. Uh, like, my life, my mind, it changed, it changed everything. It put me on a different course. Because then it was like, all these times that I would get mad at something, I'd be like, wait a minute, why am I choosing to be mad? Let me choose not to be mad. Oh, well, I'm not mad about that. Yeah, why cool. choose to be mad? Or if I am mad and I, I realize like, no, this is something to be mad about. <laughs> then you realize that it's something that you need to fix in your life, right? Like it gives you an action. It's like, why am I mad about this? I'm mad about this because this, this thing that happened in my life was wrong and this needs to be addressed and this needs to be fixed. I don't just sit down and start throwing plates on the ground because I'm mad. No, I, I need to take action and, and fix it. And so if I'm mad about the way I was treated, then I need to, you know, communicate with that person that the way that they communicated with me isn't inappropriate and it needs to be better or, you know, delete a friendship or, you know, like whatever, whatever needs to happen. It's an action. Yeah. It's not, it's not, you know, just sitting on my couch and pouting. Not that, you know, that's wrong. It's just not, <laughs> If you know, that's pout. what you're choosing. <laughs> pout for a little bit and then take action. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and that's the thing is life is going to constantly throw obstacles at you. For sure. Regardless of whether you're in the corporate world or you're a parent or, you know, or not a parent or, you know, self-employed. Like, there's always something. Those plates are always going to be tipping. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I'm having surgery in yeah. two weeks. Tore my ACL. Skiing. Sucks. Come on. Totally sucks. <laughs> but getting to your point, like, I had my temper tantrum yep. on the mountain right there. I was so pissed. Yep. I knew exactly what I had done. And then I grieved. Yep. I cried for like 90 minutes straight. Good. 
And then I was like, okay, like, let's figure this out. That's over. We're going. You know, let's figure out what's wrong. What's the plan? How am I going to recover? And, uh, you know, it's just, again, like, I'm determining how I'm approaching this, you know, plate drop. Back to Jocko. Jocko has this concept of good. You know, anything that happens, good. He hurt himself training. He does jujitsu, part of the inspiration for why I do jujitsu now. <laughs> um, but he's like, he's amazing. And so he hurt his shoulder and he posted on his Instagram a picture of a shoulder brace. And he's like, good. Needed more time to read anyway. <laughs> and it's like, that, that's, I mean, that's such a, such a powerful perspective. It's like, no matter what happens in your life, it's good because there's, there's an opportunity there. Yeah. And, you know, like being a Christian, I sort of see that as like, God's plan, you know, like if, if God puts obstacles in my way, then I need to find, find the opportunity around them because I wasn't seeing those things that, that needed to happen without the obstacle. So God was like, well, here's an obstacle, go over here because here's where where I need you to go. That sort of thing. And so regardless of how you look at it, I think it's important that when, when obstacles come in your road, if you get angry at the obstacle, then you're blind to the, the solution, Right. If you're playing a video game and you can't get, you know, get through a level, well, you're not looking at all the options. And so I think part of, part of this whole conversation is thinking about, all right, well, this is the challenge of my life. Let me slow down and let me see all of the options to get out of this. And even if it's not an option that, that is the, the 4.0 solution, if it's an improvement, you know, when I was in the Navy, uh, I was a submariner and part of the job as a submariner is to, to drive and steer the ship and keep the ship safe. And so you're presented with all these problems. There's a, a ship coming at you and you got to turn or whatever, you know, there's scenarios where you're in, you're moving towards danger. And the captain would always say, don't delay moving the ship towards a good direction to find the perfect direction, right? If I'm headed straight towards a ship, I don't want to spend 20 minutes putting the ship in a danger, a more and more dangerous situation, thinking about the perfect course, the perfect solution that's going to, you know, solve all the problems. No, just start turning the ship in, in the right direction, in a safer direction. Start moving towards good and then refine what good is. Yeah. And so Helm, right rudder, like just, just go right. Left is bad, go right. And let me figure this out. And I think that's a lot, a lot like life or, you know, how we should approach life. This isn't working, right? This career, mom, wife, yeah. friend, this is not working. So let's take one step that's going to improve this. Sounds like that step was let's take an hour out of my day and focus on me. And then once that step happened, then there was another step and then another step and another step. And you're constantly moving more and more towards like a happy life. And, and if I had never taken that time to take a deep breath, focus on myself, I wouldn't be at a place where I'd ever asked myself the right questions. Yeah. Uh, so I think kind of to your point, like it's not exciting in that it was the catalyst that like, that's right. One day this. I woke up. <laughs> I slam my binder down. I'm never coming back. Um, oh, I do have, I do have one moment though. Yes. Um, actually. So when I was cutting out of work a little bit early, yeah. uh, and not putting as much emphasis on my FaceTime uh, in the office. Yeah. Uh, when, you know, it's 4.30 p.m. and the VPs all are out of their meetings and they all come back to their cubes and, um, oh, where's Amy? 
well, if it's 4.45, I'm not there. Self-empowerment hour. to hit the 5 o'clock <laughs> CrossFit what, class. What, what? Um, So, you know, it, it did get to a point where a VP let me know that, you know, people are noticing that you're not around at 4.45. Uh, and it ultimately became a FaceTime thing. Yeah. And a perceived fairness thing. And, uh, it, you know, it didn't matter that I'm hitting it out of the park, getting the deliverables done, achieving, you know, beyond expectation. Right. But that, for me, that day, when I had that conversation with that VP... That's when you knew. I was like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. Because I can't... I. I can't live my life this way. Yeah. That was that concept of perception versus reality is ultimately what drove me out of, uh, well, first out of the military and then second out of, uh, the government because I remember, I mean, we had just graduated college. I went to the Naval Academy. We were just graduated college. We're meeting, you know, all the submariners are meeting with this, this high up submarine guy. And we're not even submariners yet. We just selected the submarine service. We haven't even been to nuclear power school. I mean, the road in front of us is so long. And these, these kids start talking to this captain. They're like, all right, so uh, at what point in my career do I need to, do I need to get my master's degree so that I'm, you know, most eligible for promotion or like, when do I need to do my joint tour? And I was, I was like, Dude, I can't even I can't even look past power school. First off, because I'm so scared of this school. It's gonna be <laughs> the worst six months of my life. I can't even look past that. But I don't wanna live I don't wanna live my career thinking about like, oh, what boxes do I need to check? I wanna live my career thinking, how can I best do the job that I've been given? And I wanna be judged on that. And it turns out kind of in hindsight that that was, that was more my perception of the Navy than the reality of the Navy. I have a really good friend who I was on the boat with, this guy, Thomas Dostry, who uh, he was prior enlisted. And so he, he's going to hit 20 years. He's going to hit retirement mm-hmm. long before a lot of us would because of his prior enlistment. And it, a factor of that perhaps, or maybe just a factor of his personality, but he was just like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything my way and like judgment be damned. Like this is the way that I'm going to operate because I think that this is right. And if you don't see the greatness in it, then fire me. And he, he was one of the best JOs that I worked with. And then he went on to become an engineer and he was a super successful engineer. And then he became part of the team that goes and inspects the engineers of, of all the other, you know, boats in the Navy. And then, I mean, he's just on a, a like a, a career path that's going to lead him to captain and, and beyond if he chooses to, to stick with it. But it's all because he did it his way. And it's really interesting to me how in some scenarios that really works, but in other scenarios, <laughs> that's exactly where my head is going because maybe that works in the Navy and maybe that works just in the submarine community because it's so small and because your reputation can be built. Or maybe it works because he had enough, you know, just, insight about himself or political awareness or savvy because if you're going to do what you want when you want the way you want to do it you're either going to be very successful or you are very quickly going to fail out yeah yeah and it's it's what's the difference well from his perspective he was okay with either and i think that's the first step it's like if you start a business you sure as hell better be ready Mm -hmm. to fail (laughs) because if you're not You know, if you're not totally okay with walking back into the office where you just, you know, pieced out of 
you know, six months before, head in hands going, yeah, I failed. You know, if you're not all right, if you're not okay with that, then don't take the risk, right? If you're not prepared for the work, if you're gambling with five hundred dollars and that's your rent money, don't gamble, <laughs> right? Or gamble. Fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, no. So I don't know. It's 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 a really interesting it's a really interesting um, dynamic, and I know for me that I felt like. In the government, there was zero, zero chance of, of me being successful in that environment and being happy. And I just knew that like, I, I wasn't about doing the FaceTime thing. I wasn't about doing the perception game. I wasn't about playing politics. Everything well, and about the, And that's exactly it. it. I think it's recognizing it's not that you can't be successful. It's that you can't be successful and happy given the requirements to be successful. Right. Uh, And I think that's where it's really easy to just continue on without Mm. really like saying, wait, what is it that I want to do? What is it? What is that mission that's going to make me happy? Yeah. Uh, What is that environment that's going to make me happy? Right. Uh, Because then, you know, it's success is empty then. Hmm. Wow. Success is empty. That's such a, man, that's, I'm gonna have to think about that. Cause you, you spend your whole life thinking that success is the, is the end result, right? Like I'm going to work hard and be successful, but what is success? You know, like for some people, and I, I guess that's a really good point. I mean, if, if success is climbing the corporate ladder, but the corporate ladder doesn't mean anything to you, then, then that's what you mean by success is empty. Yeah. Where, you know, if somebody's super fulfilled by that corporate ladder, then bravo. Like the world needs, the world needs great submarine captains. Absolutely. Not me. Nope. But thank God for the people who, who fill that job. Right. (laughs) We do need them. We need all kinds. And actually this is a really, this is, this is a really good point. And this is something that I, I don't know if I've thought about, but no matter what it is that you do, you're going to do it better if it's filling your cup up, right? If you're if you're fulfilled by it, if you're passionate with it, like you're going to be better at it, you know. And, and the you'll world, be better at it than most other people, right? And the world needs people like that in every position, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you're not in that position, then take a step towards improving your position, right? If you're, you know, if you work in a fast food restaurant flipping burgers. Well, do the work required to become a manager. You may not want to be a manager, but being a manager is going to give you more flexibility than being a burger flipper. Or take steps to get out of the burger chain, you know, <laughs> go to school, like, yeah. you know, like start taking watercolor classes and, and become a painter. I don't know. But move yourself towards, towards more fulfillment and figure out a way to make it work. I feel like we're going to like motivate a lot of people to quit their jobs. <laughs> and then their lives are going to be ruined. I don't know. No. I don't know if you can quit your job and ruin your life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can. <laughs> so I think I think you can quit your job. And if you have thought about what's important to you yeah. and you've thought about what, you know, fills your cup and there's a lot of opportunities out there. Right. 
So what are you doing now to fill your cup? Is it is it the same stuff as as two years ago when you when you took that leap for the self empowerment hour, or did the self empowerment hour expand to other cup filling opportunities? That's a great question. One of the things recently that I have um, undertaken is going from being a full time employee with Old City to being a uh, 75% yeah. uh, full-time employee. Yeah. Um, and that has been an evolution. And I think, again, everything we talk about, you know, so far with the what is success and how have I previously determined what success is uh, and now finding what I feel personally is success. Right doing less of the professional side and continuing to devote more time to my family. Yeah. So success for you is family driven. Sounds like it is. It's a balance though. Okay. Yeah. Cause if you were not entirely family driven, that's a, I would go bonkers. hmm. So you, you, for you, the ultimate happiness like you're not trying to position yourself to be a full-time stay-at-home mom because that that wouldn't that wouldn't be ultimate not right for me right and so having the the career balanced with the family is what's right for you yes and it's it's uh, been a continual evolution as my family has changed for sure so again like as those girls get older and I'm able to you know parent more and I, wa- I need to parent more. I want to parent yeah. more. Um, I feel really fortunate that I'm able to be in a position where I can devote some more time to that. Yeah. Uh, and But it's, it's not been without my own incredible self-doubt. And, uh, you know, identity. Identity crisis again. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's the crisis in, in in the identity? Is it is it like you see yourself as this one thing, and now you're reprioritizing that and just coming to terms with who you are versus who you thought you were, or, or who I thought I was supposed to be, or what I have thought I define myself as. Mm. So I think you know part of the challenge for me with scaling back is not necessarily being involved in everything at such a deep level as a decision maker or an influencer. Um, There's just some things that I just can't, can't take on or can't back to the control thing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, The control thing and power, you know, I think they, they go really hand in hand. And so I think in the past I have really gotten a lot of um, self, my own confidence from being a professional who is in a place of power Mm. and control. Where do you get your confidence from now? And uh, uh, it's a journey. Yeah. Like today. Today. What makes, what makes Amy Rezepka confident? I don't know. That's a good question. So actually what makes me confident today is my kids got off to school, yeah. happy. Yep. 
We had a family breakfast. Oh. All four Rezepkas had oh, eggs and toast around the table together this Gluten. morning. Gluten. Eggs. Oh. Eggs. <laughs> eggs are the number one. I get my kids to eat eggs. That's, That's pretty awesome. awesome. That's big yeah, you can have a slice of toast with that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and oh, by the way, I will too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do not prescribe to paleo. No. Uh, but blue. I prescribe to uh, a balance. Breakfast. For sure. You know. Everything in moderation, so, including moderation. Absolutely. I know Jocko would totally shudder at that. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, trying to set a good example for my kids, too. For sure. Like, mom's not just going to eat eggs and lettuce for breakfast, right. you know. So, uh, anyway, so that was a really good morning. So I'm confident. My family's good. My right. family's in a good place. And um, so, would you be? Would you now? Not, I get to work. That's awesome. Would you? Would you not have confidence if the morning went crazy? Both girls. They are do. Screaming. I mean, they right. do but regularly. Does that, but does that does that cause a, a loss of confidence? I probably more just feel like a little bit of a failure. So yes, I yeah. think those probably go hand in hand. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's part of my responsibility now. For sure, for sure. How do you, how do you balance that with, you know, like the control conversation that we're talking about, like yeah. letting go of control, and I'm, because from from the outsider's perspective, what I, what, how I would, how I would look at that is saying, did, you, could you have done anything better? Could you have prepared better for that? Yeah, for that and the answer is a hundred percent. Possibly, but you know, the, the, you're talking about what you do the, the day before, and you're laying yeah. out the clothes, and you're checking the weather, and you know, you're doing everything in your power that that can realistically prepare for that morning. And some mornings just aren't going to go well. Yep. And so, I would challenge, or I, you know, here's instead of me preaching to you about how to live <laughs> your life, let me tell you how I live my life, and then you can react to that. <laughs> Listen, Amy, here's how to be a better mom. <laughs> well, and that's you know. And that's why, you know, showing some vulnerability here. For like, sure. Yeah, it's it's not perfect all the time. Sure. And I I I look at the, you know, at the gym as my baby sort of thing, right? And could I be better almost every day, 100%. But I can't take my confidence based like I can't I can't allow my happiness and my confidence to be determined by the latest Yelp review because yeah. I'm all over the place. I lived like that for 2 years and it's well, that's the, yeah, I mean, that's the control piece. It's a wild ride, piece. exactly. And so what I had to learn is to detach myself from outcome and attach myself to what I can control. Yeah. What I can control is my effort, day in and day out. I can control how hard I worked and the, the effort that I put forward. And if I put forward a good effort and I try my best and I do everything in my power to, to win the day and that falls up short... I am okay with that outcome, genuinely and sincerely. If, if someone leaves me a terrible Yelp review, if someone emails me and is mad at me for something, and I look back at that situation and I, I feel like I did everything that I could have done in my power in, in that moment to do things right and I, I came up short, I'm happy to admit that. Like, yep, you got me. You got me. Maybe there's someone out there who can be better, but it's not, not me and not on that day. That's different than if I let myself down. Like if I went out and had a little, you know, a few too many beers the night before and didn't sleep and then I woke up and you know, like if things were totally in my power and then I was disappointing, 
and you know, someone calls me out on that. Thank you. Thank you for holding me accountable to my standards, right? So if I fall short of my standards, then I feel less confident and I feel disappointed in myself. But if I meet my standards, then I feel confident I won the day. And I am controlling my thoughts and my actions based on evaluating myself to my own personal standards. And if I meet or surpass my personal standards, I don't care what you think. Or at least that's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> I always care what you think. And uh, yeah, I mean, and I and I think that in a perfect like in a perfect world where again like those cups all stay balanced sure. and things don't veer off course and again the more variables you add in the more difficult that is. Yeah. So you know you add in spouse, you mm-hmm. add in you know one human being that's little, then you add in another human being yeah. that's little, and uh, you know, you add in wet, you know, again, but there's an infinite number of things that can potentially go wrong. For sure. Um, but I think to your point, again, it's all how you react and it's, it's what you choose to get upset about. Yeah. And everything. Yeah. Just it's like this interrelated circle. Yeah. What I like to think about is trying to be happy trying to be confident and proud when things go poorly and having that be my baseline. Okay. So when things, when, you know, when things aren't operating at a hundred percent, but I, you know, I'm doing my best and I'm trying to make them work. If I'm, if I, if I can be happy and proud of what happened on that day, then when days are singing, when days are going really well, then I'm through the moon. Like, you know, so, you know, a bad day is an A, a great day is, is whatever comes above A. I've never seen that. A plus, A plus plus, you know, and, and then, you know, that allows you to, to like when days are really bad, it, I don't know, it just puts you, puts you in a little bit more, it puts me in a little more of better perspective because there is seriously terrible things that can happen in your life, Right. Absolutely. But if you're at rock bottom because a one star Yelp review, God help you. <laughs> you know, hundred percent. And so, you know, I think just finding the absolute mm-hmm. perspective and the balance in life, and realizing that that what like what most people are getting stressed out about isn't ultimately that important, right? Again, yeah, choosing choosing what you have control over, choosing your reactions uh, to things, and uh, and ultimately, you know, it, for myself at least, being a former perfectionist, yeah. it's reestablishing that baseline of acceptance. Right. Do you, um, do you think of this journey? I guess what I'm getting at is like there's, there's clearly been a lot of um, – you, you, could, you could see it one of two ways. There's a lot of self-improvement that's happened in the last, you know, whatever, two years, or it's an evolution of, of who you are. Do you feel like Amy Rezepka is getting better? 100%. Or, yes. Yeah? So you don't feel like it, – it's not like Amy Rezepka is changing and evolving to the times and staying good for the moment. No. It's Amy Rezepka is becoming a better human. I am a – better human being. I'm a better friend. I'm a better person so you than take, I was 15 years ago. You take this Amy and you drop her into 15, you take your brain, put it in 15 years ago, Amy's brain, and 
that Amy is going to be better served. Absolutely. I think that's, I mean, that's life, right? You know, like learning and growing. It is a continuous, yeah, continuous journey. What, so what, what in your opinion has been the catalyst for that improvement? You know, so what I, what I like to think about is if, if somebody's in their life right now and they're not happy, what should they endeavor to do to create the self realization or, you know, to move themselves towards happiness? I have think, two kids? <laughs> no, uh, definitely not. Um, <laughs> I think it's, again, it gets to the cup. Like, yeah. so if you're in life and you're not happy, again, turn that around. What, what are the small glimmers of happy in your life? What's the point in your day that makes you the happiest? So if you're just saying overall, I'm not happy. Like, okay, great. Like, so let's, let's start to like drill into that. And out of the, all of this unhappiness, What's the best part of the unhappiness that yeah. day? And why is that? You know, it's it's asking yourself so many questions. Yeah. Just going into yourself. I think I'm a big believer in improving the internal to improve the external, right? If I if I improve myself, then things around me will improve. Yeah. Right? I'm a better parent, a better friend, a better spouse. Like the better I am internally the better everything else that I influence yeah. on the exterior is. Yeah. I, I agree. So, yeah. I, I think it's, I've been thinking a lot about the concept of challenges lately and the importance of challenges. And I think challenges force us to overcome them and become better, mm-hmm. you know? So, so in some ways I sort of joked, have two kids and your life gets better. Um, in some ways it's, you know, and that second kid was the, the mountain got too big for you to climb. And you had to realize that climbing the mountain wasn't your, your pursuit. Climbing the mountain wasn't making you happy. It wasn't making you happy. That particular mountain. Sure. Absolutely. Right. But climbing mountains makes humans happy. Yep. You know, it's overcoming challenges and improving things that you can control. I think creates more happiness, right? What makes, what makes me happy? I love having beer. It's really delicious, (laughs) but six beers every night for two straight months does not make me happy, right? Yeah. Maybe each individual moment makes me happy, but it's not the long-term pursuit that makes me happy. What makes me happy is getting control of my life, improving my life, overcoming obstacles, being proud that I accomplished something like looking back at the gym that, that we've built and being insanely proud of that or looking at my submarine service and being like, wow, I can't believe I, Oh, I did that challenge or swimming through college. Like you look back at these big things that, that you've accomplished in life and it creates a sense of, of pride because you overcame the challenge that was required, uh, to be overcome, you know, and anybody can overcome an easy challenge. It takes a lot of character and figuring out who you are to overcome a really hard challenge. That's what I love about CrossFit <laughs> because it's a challenge every single time you come in the gym mm-hmm. and it forces you to reconcile with who you are and think about who you want to be. Every single workout, you go toe to toe with failure 
and through the routine, you know, day in and day out, overcoming that failure in the gym, it allows you to grow, improve your relationship with failure, but also learn deeper and deeper and deeper about who you are and what, you know, what sets you back, what, what you're afraid of, how you can overcome that. And learning those lessons in the gym means you don't have to learn those lessons in life. Or, or they just become easier sure. to overcome yeah. or reflect on or... Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, a hundred percent. CrossFit, you will never win or beat CrossFit. Yeah. Because it's, it's the limits of the human body. For sure. And I think that's, I think taking on challenges like that force you to learn about yourself. And it's, you know, the, going back to the mission, the mission is preparing you for life. The mission isn't, this is the only way to be prepared for life. Right. Absolutely. And sure. What I tell people is like, I truly believe that CrossFit will work for everyone. Yep. um, But not everyone will work with CrossFit, you know, because it's, it's, it's about, it's about you personally and what, what fills your cup, what drives you, what motivates you. And there's a million different answers. And so obviously we run a CrossFit gym, come join a gym, but more importantly, Think about what it is that you need to do in your life mm-hmm. to fill up your cup and make that a priority. Because if your cup isn't being filled, then, then you know, you're not, you're not going to be the best you that you can be. And then the way that I think about what cup to fill is I think about, and I don't know if this is the right answer or not, so tell me if I'm wrong. Um, I think about finding a challenge that when completed or the pursuit of the challenge doesn't even have to be something that you can complete, but the pursuit of this challenge will make your life better or that you'll be proud when it's done. You know, like I was thinking of jujitsu and why part of the reason why I wanted to do that challenge is I've never, I've never taken martial arts. And if I get in a fight, you're probably going to beat me. And I thought it would be really cool to have that kind of power and have that ability to like Jordan Peterson talks about like the he he was talking about the meek shall inherit the earth like that 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 line from the bible yes. and he was thinking about that a lot and he was like well the meek shall inherit the earth that doesn't make any sense i don't think people should be weak right um, and then he goes into the the greek or aramaic or whatever the original translation of the word meek is and i i forget exactly what the word is but what jordan peterson says is that meek is Originally, like the the interpretation should be something to the effect of it's the strong person who doesn't use their strength, right? So think of it as a, uh. as a man. So it's knowing that I could kill you, but choosing not to kill you, right? It's having the strength to do it, yep. but being meek in, in the original definition is, is having power, but not using power. It's very Jocko, very self-disciplined. Very self-disciplined. But think about it. Like that's the ultimate, that's the pinnacle, right? Because... Because lunatics are people with power who abuse it. And the oppressed are people without power who get abused. But the, the person, you know, the person I want my kids to be is the person who has extreme power, but the benevolence not to use it, right? That's the leader you want. You want the George Washington who says, you know, be our king. No. <laughs> like I, I stepped down from this, you know, presidency position. And so like, this is the longest ramble I think I've ever done, but like, I want to be the person who has power, who doesn't use it. Right. I want to inherit the earth. (laughs) 
I guess is where I'm getting. And I think, you know, what I hear you saying as well is, you know, the, the constant, the challenges and, and I think the way that I look at it right now is, you know, a lot of my challenges are never going to be complete. Uh, uh, you know, raising two human beings, hopefully that's never complete in my lifetime. For sure. Uh, you know, um, creating, uh, a swim school with Meg, uh, Sure hope that doesn't get completed, you know, because <laughs> yeah. when it's completed, it's over. It's right. always, and I think that gets back to like the journey right. of, uh, I don't know. But again, it, it's interesting because it makes me think about society and uh, again, like striving for completion, striving for finality. Yeah. When, I don't know if that's ever achieved. Right. And I I don't think that should be the the thing. Right. Like if you're like going back to filling up the cup, right? Like if you're going to paint, whatever, pour your life in a painting and you paint an hour a day and yeah. make that if you're, fulfillment from it. Right. But if your objective is to finish a puzzle, I would challenge you to aim higher. Yes. Right. Like, you know, because if, if something can be completed, then, OK, sure. Like move on to the next one, move on to the next challenge. And maybe within your challenges, there are things that you can't complete. You know, like yeah. if you're That's where if, the mi- word milestone comes boom. from. <laughs> boom. Dang. <laughs> my mind here. Um, but I think that's I think that's where where to look, like where to look. Nothing in life worth having is found easy. Right. You know, that that cliche. And I, I think it's so true because I think it's the challenge that you overcome through the course of your life that you can look back on and be proud of. Like, think of the things that you're most proud of in life. I mean, what are they? What are you most proud of, Amy? What am I most proud of? Obviously, my beautiful, fabulous, smart children. Uh, That's not easy. Yeah, no, not easy. Uh, we've talked a lot about how yeah, it's not easy today. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm really proud of what I've helped grow with Old City. Yeah. Uh, in Not terms easy. of, yeah, the swim school and now gymnastics and helping expand our, you know, mi- our mission essentially of for preparing sure. you for life and broadening the audience that we yeah. can reach. It's incredible. And I mean, the, the school that you've helped build, I mean, teaching literally hundreds of kids, water safety, water survival, and not only that, but like like pushing them past, like well past survival. I think we just had our, our first level 10. We've got another one too. With two people in level 10. That's crazy. I mean, by the time you're in level 10 in the swim school, you are a legitimate swimmer. Yeah. Like I would say that you're, you know, water safe in basically every environment. It's go to the ocean. I'm going to sleep, right? Yeah. Like kids playing in the ocean. It's kids get, playing get, in the pool, kids you playing know, in the lake. Get thrown off the boat. Not you're a big be deal. Okay. Like, Put the life jacket down, kid. You're level 10. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, I'm also proud tomorrow will be 15 years that Justin and I have known each other. What? That is a long time. That's awesome. So I'm also really proud of our journey together. Yeah. And we've, you know, been growing up together. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, you know, it's it's not always easy, but how cool that we have 15 years now. For sure. So That's I'm really awesome. proud of that. That's awesome. And all of the things that you're proud of are, are really challenging things to overcome. And know? that will never be over. 
for sure. <laughs> you hear that, Justin? <laughs> You're stuck. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's... Well, and that's part of why it works, too. I right. mean, not to get onto the topic of marriage, you know, that's a whole other podcast yeah. series. Maybe, uh, it is. maybe it isn't. Maybe, maybe but, we'll dive right now. You know, yeah, there is no out. Yeah, for me, I, you know, not 15 years. I've been married a little over a year, so I basically got I haven't this been married thing. 15 years. Well, but. yeah, you've known, you know, yeah. but still. Yeah. The relationship, 15 years. Um, you know, I've been married for uh, over a year, and I've basically got it figured out, you know. I know totally. I know everything. Yep. Um, but for me, it's, it's, it is, like, I've never been happier. And it sounds counterintuitive to a lot of people who think that, being single and, you know, enjoying the freedoms that become like, no, that to me, that doesn't, that that's empty. That's empty happiness because you're not like for me, committing to something allows the opportunity for true happiness to grow. And, you know, like when I was joining this jujitsu gym, they were like, well, do you want to do this month to month thing? Or do you just want to like pay for a year in full? And I was like, obviously I'm going to pay for a year in full. I'm going to commit to this thing because because the day-to-day struggle, the month-to-month struggle can be real, but what I'm after is something that can only be achieved after years of practice. And that's the same thing with marriage. Like The only way that I can truly connect with Juliana is to make a commitment that this is a forever thing and that yeah. this isn't a, well, what's the wind blowing like tomorrow thing? Until and, it doesn't feel good thing. Right. And I think that's the amazing thing, or I would imagine that's the amazing thing with kids. It's like, well, you're stuck with these little rascals. <laughs> totally. And, um, you know, we, I, I sort of mentioned a Christian perspective earlier, but this, this blew my mind a little bit. I was uh, talking to my friend Arpod about, um, about there's a, a passage in the Bible that, that sort of aligns your priorities. He goes, basically, like, your priorities in life should be God, spouse, children. And I was kind of struggling with that because, you know, I was doing this prepared for ma- or preparing for marriage thing, and I was, like, you know, trying to reconcile this. And I was like, but, you know, like, I would imagine I would love my kids unconditionally. And I would imagine that there's things that, you know, Juliana can do to, you know, that makes me love her a little less. Uh, but, like, you're always going to love your kids, and so, you know, our pod wisely was like, yeah, that's the anchor, right? You know how much you love your kids and there's nothing that your kids can do that are going to make you love them less or, you know, I can imagine. And um, that just means you love your wife more than that, right? And that just means that you love your God more than that. And so it's having an anchor that sort of establishes a priority that makes you, um, I don't know, just makes you realize the order of things. And if your and Justin's relationship is, is falling apart... Well then, how the hell are you going to be a good mom? You know? Absolutely. And if you're, you know, if yourself is falling apart, right? How are you going to be a good spouse? Yeah. You know how? Yeah, and I think that all goes back, you know, and relates to you know the Christian example as well with with God and yeah. I mean, everything centers, everything follows. You know, it's it's all aligned. Yeah, and when things are out of alignment, life falls apart. Yeah, and so like one of the themes of this conversation is, is having the perspective to put things into alignment and it's not like you're not putting in them into what you perceive societal alignment to be or what Justin's alignment is or what Grace's alignment is. It's your alignment mm-hmm. and your alignment is different than everyone else's alignment in the world. Yep. And I think one of the dangers of having a conversation like this is people listening and them going, well, 
fuck is she talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Must be nice. Right. <laughs> but also not, you know, like it's, it's about figuring out what your priorities are and moving your yeah. life towards fulfilling your own personal priorities. Because if you're not fulfilled, you can't be the person that you need to be for other people. And so fill up your tank, man. Fill up your cup. Yeah, figure out what's right for you. Because if you don't, you're not going to be happy. Nope. And you're not going to you're not going to fulfill challenges. It's really cool. This was a great conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Sean. Sweet. Is this it? Is it over? Are we done? I feel pretty fulfilled. Me too. <laughs> This was awesome. Well, seriously, thanks so much, Amy. I really, I mean, I really appreciate you sharing everything and um, I appreciate anyone who listened and this has been Me really too. great. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. All right. For Amy, this is Sean and we're out.